Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Starting Small Music Podcast. I'm your host, Justin McCormick, and today we have a very special guest with us. We have songwriter and drummer for Jameson Rogers, Tom Wall. You're going to hear Tom's story of growing up in Maryland and what first got him into music. You'll also hear stories from his time studying percussion at Baldwin Wallace College, stories from the road playing drums for Jameson Rogers, and signing with Combusted Music. I had a great time talking to Tom. I hope you guys enjoy, and we'll see you at the end. Just keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. Try not to be bitter. You gotta do it either way. Keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. So when life throws a jab, you gotta duck out of the way. How are you doing today, Tom? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. So getting right into your story, you grew up in Maryland. What was your childhood like? Yeah, I mean, I grew up, yeah, just in between like D.C. and Baltimore, um, kind of right in between in a little town called Silver Spring, uh, well, suburb called Silver Spring. And uh, my childhood, what was it like? I guess I'd say normal. We, uh, I just grew up going to school and uh, only part that probably wasn't normal for everyone is my dad has always been like a garage band kind of musician so he's uh he's always had a band like classic rock band and um so yeah i started playing drums and and guitar from a pretty pretty young age Mm -hmm. just because he had a a room full of instruments down in the basement um that we used to go mess around in but yeah man um just grew up in maryland and went to college for drums out in out in ohio um yeah, I'm trying to think. Pretty basic upbringing, yeah. middle of the road. When I was uh, doing research for the podcast, I thought that we both had a pretty similar story because I saw your dad played in a classic rock band and uh, my grandpa played in a country band growing up. And I saw that oh, nice. in an interview you talked about like going to the, the bars kind of as a young kid. And I mean, I remember being way too young, being in like the Legion Post, going to see my grandpa play. What do you yeah. remember about those early days kind of going to see your dad play? Man, the funniest thing is back then, like I probably started playing drums in like fourth or fifth grade, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he played their band, probably played. They were called Breakaway, and they probably played like once a month at at like a you know they might play at a pizza place. They might play most of the time. It was like a bar and restaurant kind of place. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I remember most is that when I started playing we would always go and I'm, I'm a triplet actually. So my, my brother and sister, they, my sister used to play piano. We all kind of sang a little bit. Um, but me playing drums, every time we would go see my dad's band play, he would pull me up for like a song or two. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely hated it. Like I just could not stand it at all. And I I don't know if it was just because like, I didn't know the music or whatever, because we would play, um, We'd play Lagrange or like he'd call me up for anything that was like kind of a big drum number for classic rock that I had heard him play a million times, you know. But I didn't. I wanted to play Blink One Eighty Two or whatever I was listening to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, but it was fun, man. I mean, now I'm obviously thankful that he pulled me up all the time, but back then I dreaded it, you know. Right. Was there any talks of doing like a family band uh, with your siblings and your your dad? I think that would have been a dream of his. We uh we didn't really ever do that. We did uh we did sing in church together. And like I said, my sister played piano. Um 
when we were pretty young. And then when we were in middle school, we had, I did have a band with my sister. My brother was a good singer. He was in like all state um, boys choir back in, I think it was middle school. And then he kind of fell out of music and um, he's a tech guy now um, in DC. But um, yeah, my sister and I had a rock band. I think it was called, um, gosh, I haven't thought about this in so long. Uh, I think it was called Ancient Hypocrisy. Very back cool. in like seventh grade it was well that's nice of you to say but it was mostly garbage i think back then but <laughs> we had fun man and she my sister would do a thing where she would write lyrics and she's she's like a really good artist too and she would just write words and mm -hmm. and then we would the band would kind of figure out melodies and the arrangements of the songs and stuff and then i don't even know if we played any shows or whatever we might have played a couple of shows but but yeah the family band dream died i think pretty quick um as as we got through middle school we all kind of started to want to do our own thing i was really the only one who really wanted to do music mm -hmm. now i saw it was probably in high school that you started writing original material was it like from your sister's influence because i mean your dad was playing in a cover band so what made you want to write your own stuff I think I've always, I've never, I've always, I've never really enjoyed uh, learning music. Like, uh, like when I was a kid learning how to play drums, uh, I took lessons. I hated lessons because I would have to learn what he told me to learn. You know what I mean? And my teacher was great. He knew that I didn't like that. So he figured out a way to like still make me learn if that makes any sense. But, um, but I, well, all I really wanted to do was play drums to like my favorite records and stuff like that. So at, back then it was, I would like learn every fallout boy fill, you know, on their first record to take this to your grave or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I remember hearing like harmony. Cause like I said, I could sing. So like when I sang in church with my siblings, I was the one doing harmony just because I heard it better than my siblings um so i kind of like from an early age was curious i think about harmony and melody and stuff like that um and then yeah at some point early on in high school my dad taught me like a few guitar chords and picking patterns that he knew just like classic average patterns but i didn't i would never like learn especially with guitar i the last thing i wanted to do was like learn something else like I never learned any songs on guitar. I didn't learn Wonderwall or Stairway to Heaven or anything. You know what I mean? I just I just liked playing and making stuff up. I thought that was more fun. So sure. I think it kind of came the same way. It's just like I just wanted to I've always wanted to hear something that I haven't heard, you know, mm -hmm. um, obviously taking inspiration from things that you do like that you hear. But um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever learned a song on guitar well until i moved to nashville i, I had, have had a couple like guitar gigs you know where i have to learn songs for the gig but um but yeah before that man i don't i think it's always just been i hear something whether it's something crazy acoustic guitar like tommy Emanuel, or whether it's a classic rock tune or a punk tune or whatever and i might hear something and go oh that little thing is cool and figure out that little motif and then write a whole song that's sort of around that or something you know what i mean yeah for sure now in high school what was the decision like that you wanted to like move on to study drums and percussion in college like was it what year do you think that was that you started making that decision um let's see i guess i probably remember mostly junior year i think that's when like 
mostly because that's when you were, would apply to colleges or start that whole process. Yeah. Um, and I actually applied for student teaching. I had a really, I'm very fortunate to have. So in Maryland, they have like, it's such a denser population over there. Um, like I had three high schools within 10 minutes of my house that I grew up at. And each one was like a graduating class of like 700 kids. So wow. it's pretty dense over there. So they figured out at least, I don't know what they're doing now, but when I was a kid, they were doing something called a consortium, which is like, basically I had a homeschool. One of those three schools was my homeschool. And then I got to, but if I wanted to go to a different one, I could apply to do that. And each one sort of had a different specialization. So there was like a music and arts one. They basically just had a little more funding for the music and arts program. Mm -hmm. Another one was like math and science. And I don't remember what the third one was, but um, so mine was the math and science school, my home school, but I really, the art, the music and art school made sense for me uh, at the time. And it was a newer school. Um, so I got into that school, I applied for it. And, and actually all three of us, the triplets got into it and went to, it was called Blake high school. And, um, the music teacher there, uh, you know, was a big influence on, on my decision. He, he actually did some graduate work at Baldwin Wallace college, which is where I went, Yeah, uh, which is how I found out about that school. Um, but he had encouraged me to, to do music more on the education side. So I actually applied for music education for college everywhere I went and then, uh, got in, I think most of the places. Um, and then when I went to Baldwin Wallace to meet the professor there and, um, kind of see the school and everything, he, we did a lesson basically, his name is Josh Ryan up at Baldwin Wallace. Um, and he basically was like, Hey, I think you're good enough to do performance if you'd want to do performance. And I was like, yes, I do not want to teach. Right. I did. I did teach a lot of lessons like through college and stuff like private lessons just for, for cash or whatever, but, um, it's never really been the dream, you know? Yeah. Would uh, any specific memories stick out from your time in college or, were you kind of just trying to get it done because you wanted to get on the road? Man, I didn't really. So I almost transferred to Belmont like halfway through um, because uh, another another part of, I guess, the childhood would be my my dad has always loved Nashville and he's always loved Chet Atkins and Tommy Manuel and some of those classic like finger style guitar pickers. Yeah. So there's a Chet Atkins convention here every summer in the middle of the summer. And we used to come down to that every summer, at least through college, I, I came down with him. So I'd been coming to Nashville in the summers when I was up in Ohio. Um, I didn't really know. I didn't really have a plan, you know, for what I was going to do. I don't think I've ever really thought about things that way. Um you know, you got to think like I went to the the music school was a conservatory. So it was like most I, there was only six percussionists in my graduating class. And, you know, most of those guys, you end up in the classical world nowadays, you end up being a teacher or if you're really, really lucky, you can get into an orchestra as a percussionist. And I, I didn't really I knew I kind of didn't want to be a percussionist in orchestra because a lot of those guys, uh, you know, they're a lot older especially now that are, and they've been in that chair for 25 years or whatever, and they're not going to leave until they're sort of forced to retire, you know? So those chairs are just very, and Cleveland's orchestra is one of the top five 
um, in the States. So it was a great orchestra. So I know a lot of my buddies were going toward that, but I just, I just didn't find that logical for, uh, just, or practical for what I was good at and also what I enjoyed doing, you know? Um, I mean, I remember in college, like I kind of, I kind of did what I had to do percussion wise. And then my teacher was also like, uh, he studied in like Cuba and Ghana and a bunch of, bunch of places. Um, so we spent my, most of my time there focused on jazz and like Afro Cuban music, um, which was way more enjoyable to me than learning something on timpani or marimba, you know, um, something that actually liked, which was playing drums. So, um, but yeah, man, I mean, even then I was still writing songs throughout college and, um, I was an RA my sophomore year. Probably one of the biggest memories was being an RA and being responsible for a floor of freshmen. Yeah. It's probably 30 or so freshmen or whatever. And um, you have to figure out different ways to socialize the new kids so they can all meet people and get acquainted, get acquainted with college and stuff. And um, I started an open mic night which oh, cool. kind of took off. Yeah. It was, it was kind of funny. Cause I, I did it for my floor just so they could, you know, people could tell jokes or you could read a poem or you could sing a song. You could be goofy. Like, I mean, you know, a lot of the football guys aren't going to get up there and do anything artsy, but they could still get up and do something funny or whatever. And yeah. so it was kind of like a real lighthearted thing. And uh, we did it the rest of the time I was there every, at least once a month, I think. So it ended up changing. I lived in a house the last couple of years just off campus and we just moved it to the house and would still do it there. And, um, you know, turned into kind of a big thing after a while, which is fun, you know, in college, everyone getting to step up and you could be terrible or you could be pretty good or you could just want to tell a story or whatever. And, you know, in college, everybody, everybody needs that, I think. So, yeah, for sure. Now out of college, you decided to move to Nashville cold. I hear that you didn't have any like rent plans, anything like that. What is, what's your mindset going into that? And what do those first few days look like in Nashville? Well, yeah, I mean, dude, everybody's different. You know, I don't know. I don't know how, how you were with, with all of those decisions in your life. And I know I've talked to a bunch of buddies that, you know, did it a very different way. I basically moved home. Um, so I graduated like early May in 2011 and then moved home. And there was a buddy that, um from home from high school that we had talked about moving down here together and we were home probably two weeks we both were home and we were just like we gotta get i mean our families are great we're both like love our families but we were just like we have to leave dude we gotta go now so we literally threw like i had because i'm a triplet like i shared a room with my brother growing up so we threw my two twin bed bunk beds that we had that I had grown up in a trailer with a bunch of our stuff and drove basically just got in the car and drove down. I mean, we, I remember stopping at a Wendy's like in Virginia somewhere on the way down and calling, we were calling apartment complexes to figure out if we could like stay there. Cause we didn't have anything, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and uh, we ended up getting a place down right kind of by near the zoo for a four month lease. We just signed like a little lease and we're just like, let's just move down for the summer. Um, we'll just, you know, no pressure that way. We can just kind of like get some feelers out, see what the town's like. And that was almost 13 years ago or whatever, 12 years ago. So, wow. Pretty crazy. Pick up gigs on Broadway. What were those first kind of gigs you picked up when you were in town? 
Man, I kind of did it differently too. I like I said, I really don't like learning songs. Like, yeah. um, as as good as it is for me as a musician, I've just never really enjoyed it. And uh, I definitely have done my share of Broadway things, but it was not the first thing that I that I did. I uh, let's see, I moved down here. And just to tell you, too, my buddy is still down here. He's a booking agent now at uh, New Frontier Touring, which is like they've got a bunch of bunch of big acts and stuff. And so anyway, we, we made it, so to speak. We're still or at least still paying our rent. Still going, um, yeah. yeah, but uh, but yeah, man, when I moved down here, I mean, I had to get a job. You know, you got to think like when I came from a conservatory, I also didn't have a I have a ton of playing experience, but I don't have playing experience like Belmont kids do, you know, yeah. where they're like they're in the town and they're seeing, oh, I can go play on Broadway and make money or, oh, I could get picked up by a like a mid-level artist or a small artist and at least go on the road for a weekend. That was totally I mean, that was my goal, but that was totally I didn't know how to get after that path, if that makes any sense. So I got jobs, man. My first job was doing valet at Opryland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably did that for at least nine or 10 months, maybe a little more than that. Um, and yeah, just while I was doing that, I was meeting people and going out back then I used to go to, I mean, I wasn't yet to think I wasn't even sure what I wanted to do. I mean, I wasn't sure if I was going to write songs or do an artist project or be a drummer, um, or work in the industry, like on the, um, behind a desk sort of side of it. Um, I really didn't have any idea. So I was kind of, I would go to rounds mostly. That was the biggest thing. I'd go to the listening room. I'd go to Hotel Indigo. Um, a bunch of the hotel rounds back then were the big thing. Um, so I would just go and meet people and other songwriters. And and sometimes it turned into me showing up and playing Cajon for somebody for a round. Um, sometimes it showed up uh, as me being a third writer in the round, you know, and playing guitar and singing my songs. And um you know, that was kind of the start musically, so to speak, where it was just kind of meeting people. And and the only because I didn't know, I literally knew my one friend that I moved here with who was trying to be a booking agent. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got an internship pretty quickly um, and he was sort of on his path at that point. Like I said, I, I've done a lot of things that I, w- without planning that the problem is then you don't really know. You have to make a choice, you know, of kind of where you want to angle your efforts and um i didn't really have that but i did there's only one other buddy i met from high school um who i'm still super close with as well uh who's like one of the top studio players now uh in nashville alex Wright on keyboards oh yeah um and uh yeah so we went to high school together and played jazz back then and kind of moved down here at the same time and um he's actually who introduced so back then i you know i didn't i knew him and peter my other friend and alex went to berkeley in boston so when he moved down here there was a huge connection of berkeley kids who moved down to nashville so i kind of became like a berkeley kid even though nobody knew i didn't go to berkeley um so i hung out with a lot of those guys actually my wife and alex met in berkeley he's who i met her through and um so, yeah, a lot of the Berkeley kids, I got a few opportunities through them just for getting some. That was probably my big my first real touring gig was like with an artist named Ayla Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's up in Boston now, still um, still putting out music and, and doing the thing. But um, 
back then she was doing, we did some armed forces tours um, around the whole world and um, some, some U S stuff too, for some private corporate tours and stuff like that. But um, yeah, there's, there's no clean, I don't think there's a clean journey for anyone, man. And it's for me, like I said, I didn't not being much of a planner and um, at that time, not really having any commitment to what I wanted to do or even knowing what was possible, you know, in Nashville, um, but, uh, but yeah, sorry. I feel like I'm rambling. No, not at all. Now you got to tour with, uh, Cassidy Pope and now you're playing with Jamison Rogers. How do you end up meeting Jamison? So I actually auditioned for Jamison. Um, I guess it would be the summer of 2019. Um, but I met, I had kind of known his manager indirectly um through a friend so before i before i met jameson i was guitar teching just to until i had a more regular gig i was guitar teching for rodney atkins and um yeah i did that for probably five months and and blake hubbard is a writer and and bass player in town um that at the time was playing for rodney atkins and his best friend is jameson's manager um so I kind of knew Jameson's manager indirectly. And then he was, Jameson was also working with uh, an MD at the time that um, I knew. So there was like a couple avenues that threw my name in at least the hat for the audition. Um, and then, yeah, I think it was like eight or nine guys that auditioned and I don't know why they chose me, but here I am. Now uh, in your guys' live show, do you sing harmonies as well? Yeah, as much as I can um or rather as little as i can i guess um but yeah we do like we do a couple medleys through the set so we, right now we do an eagles medley where we all sing and it's all four part harmony and or i guess five part harmony and then uh we do like a band medley where each each band member kind of does like a verse and chorus of a of a song and um so i get to sing a little bit and then i sing a little bit here and there for some other harmonies but uh, it's a little tougher on drums to to be able to go full volume when I'm I'm out of breath most of the time anyway. Right. You know? Yeah. Now, uh, getting more into your songwriting too. In 2021, you signed with Combustion Music, all star lineup over there. What's it like to write at a a great place like Combustion? Man, that's another thing. Yeah, I'm, I mean it's great. Like I've been there uh, just over a year now, or is that right? Yeah, just over a year, and um, it's been great. I mean the team is just it's a smaller group of people that are just on fire and um, you know, whether you're talking about the track guy producers or the writers or, or the, the pitchers or whoever, everybody doing everything. It's, it's uh it's a very communicative group um, and it's, they've been nothing but supportive. You know, I, it's kind of the same way with drumming. I feel like I've been writing forever and growing in that way. And uh, my writing story, you know, I kept writing since I moved to Nashville, but I didn't necessarily want to like be a quote unquote Nashville songwriter where you're in four or five days a week just cranking out songs. Yeah. So I, I pushed away from that pretty early on. Um, also, just didn't have the time for that commitment, trying to play drums on the road and stuff. Um, so but I did grab on to people and I have been co-writing, you know, since I moved here. Yeah. Um, but once COVID happened, 
my wife is a is a great artist and songwriter in town and she pulled me into a bunch of stuff at that point and you know i'd been getting into the production stuff and um basically i mean it got to a point where even when i started with jmo in 2019 you know i was bringing my tracks rig out on the road and working on demos and stuff um totally separate from jameson obviously um but i think uh yeah i think it just transpired into a, a really cool partnership. Um, you know, knowing that I'm out on the road with JMO and we do write on the road together. Uh, I think it made sense um, to kind of keep things sort of close to now because Jameson also writes with combustion. Mm -hmm. um, so it just made sense for me to be there. And that once we had a few meetings about possibilities and goals and um, it just, it just sort of all clicked and I'm just thankful that they've, allowed me to grow and invest in me and um you know hopefully uh hopefully it pays off for for both of us so for sure yeah. yeah i like to close all my interviews by asking what's a piece of advice that you've learned along your way especially you uh working in so many different avenues of the industry what's a piece of advice you would give to a younger musician out there hmm well i think I think the best piece of advice would be to keep charging ahead. And I mean that, I guess, in from two opposite sides of the same coin. Like you've got someone like me who tends to be not a planner. And, you know, I like to start walking out the door. And then as I see sort of like sidewalk pieces start to take place, I can then guide whichever way I think I'm going to like the most or whichever way makes the most sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, that's how I've always done everything. But I also understand that's not really for, for everyone either. Some people come from the opposite side of the coin where it's like, they like to have a few options and then go forward. Once you can see a little bit more ahead of you. Um, I think that's pretty tough in the music industry. And I think, um, I think the important thing is just taking steps forward. Like, I mean, I've released music as an artist in the past that I, you know, I don't necessarily connect to now, but I'm, I wouldn't, I don't regret doing that or I, I wouldn't take that back, um, you know, just because of where I'm at now. But I think, yeah, I think, uh, I think you just have to keep pushing forward and, and trust that, um, and keep trying to grow. My biggest thing with combustion that, you know, I talk to them a lot about as a writer cause it's very easy to see as a writer, you're turning in songs every week. So you can listen to songs a month ago and that you wrote a month ago and, and say, man, that wasn't as good as I thought it was when we wrote it mm -hmm. or it's different in some way. And, um, I think when, uh, a big fear I've always had is plateauing at different points, you know, whether it's drumming or, or writing or whatever, because you can't help but plateau at some points, you know, you might get a gig and then feel like every show is great and you're just getting better and learning more and learning more about the industry and learning more about how artists work and how management teams work or whatever it is. And there's always a point where it feels like you're kind of flattening out for a little while and you can't avoid those. But the more you can kind of be ready for them, the shorter time period they'll be, you know, if that makes sense. Well, guys, there you have it. My conversation with Tom Wall. Tom, thank you again so much for coming on the show. I had a great time talking with you. Everyone go follow him on Instagram at tom.wall.
And make sure to come back next week to hear my conversation with Churro, artist manager at Red Light Management. Check out Starting Small Music on YouTube to see all the video content from our interviews. And also, follow Starting Small Music on Instagram, at Starting Small Music, and let us know who you'd like to hear on the podcast next. And remember, everyone starts small.